Hello, listeners. It's Ophira. We are hitting the road. On March 18th, we will be at C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. And on March 30th, we'll be at the Bob Carr Theater in Orlando, Florida. So for more information, just go over to amatickets.org. Hey, you know what's a great way to listen to Ask Me Another? On your NPR One app. What is NPR One? It's an app for your phone, kind of like Pandora, but for public radio. And it's full of news and podcasts, including Ask Me Another. So whenever you're ready to listen, NPR One has something great waiting just for you. Find it in your app store, N-P-R-O-N-E. Warning. The following content has been deemed inappropriate for the radio. It may also be inappropriate for children, offices, or sensitive grandparents. Please put on your headphones. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan Colton. We have got a great show for you. Ten contestants are here to play our nerdy games, and one of them will win our grand prize provided by our VIPs, and they are brothers. They are brothers who've worked together as actors, directors, writers. You might know them from shows like The Mindy Project, Transparent, HBO's Togetherness. Clearly, these two do not suffer from sibling rivalry, unlike me and my sister. You might know her as the host of the popular Canadian trivia show, Query Me Again, eh? (laughs) On that show, instead of winning a Rubik's Cube, you get a lifetime supply of government health (laughs) care. But that doesn't matter. Why? Because we have on our show, Mark and Jay Duplass, the Duplass Brothers. The Duplass brothers will be joining us later in the show, but let's get started with our first two contestants. Bram Weiser, you are a freelance sign language interpreter. I am. And you have had a few good jobs. You volunteered at the World Cup in charge of guarding the trophy? That was one of the things they had me do, yeah. Okay. That was a great thrill. Were people trying to steal the trophy? They were trying to do things that the organizers didn't want them to do. (laughs) Okay, what's one of these things? Use it for marketing purposes. Oh, okay. White collar crimes. You know. <laughs> it's FIFA. What do you, you know, anyway. So. Yeah. I thought maybe they'd be trying to, like, I don't know, touch it, lick it. Yeah, touch, touch, yes, lick. I certainly hope not. Yeah, okay. Because it's been kissed by you don't want to know how many people. Okay, very good. Marion Nunn, you are a commercial real estate developer, and you are also known for your Patrick Swayze impersonation. I am. I can do it very, very well. The last scene of Dirty Dancing, with my timing just a little off. Okay. And I can do a good Mick Jagger. <laughs> I, I didn't realize you had a, a whole I, I have a repertoire that okay. I practice by myself a lot. Yeah. With some mirrors around. With some mirrors, absolutely. Got to see how it looks. <laughs> In this game, we're playing off of the Terminator's famous catchphrase, Hasta la vista, baby which, of course, is Spanish for, see you later, baby. So we are taking other foreign language expressions that are common in English and imagining what they would sound like if the Terminator said them. So if I asked, hey, Terminator, in French, what would you call a pen name? You would answer, nom de plume, baby. So each answer is going to uh, be a common foreign language expression followed by the word baby. (laughs) Give us your best Arnold impression. And the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. All right, here we go. Hey, Terminator. In Italian, what would you call singing without instrumental accompaniment? Bram. A cappella, baby. All right, that was a pretty good Terminator impression. (laughs) Look, I interpret into sign language. I don't interpret into other spoken languages, so you have to forgive me. You got it right. Thank you. A cappella, baby. Thank you. Hey, Terminator. In Hebrew or Yiddish, what would you say to wish me congratulations or good luck? Mazel tov, baby. That's correct. Hey, Terminator, 
In Swahili, what would you say if you followed Timon and Pumbaa's advice to have no worries? Bram. Hakuna Matata, baby. Correct. Hey, Terminator. In Spanish, how would you welcome guests with a phrase that means, my house is your house? Mary. Mi casa, su casa, baby. That's correct. <laughs> Hey, Terminator, in Japanese, how would you thank me very much? Bram. Domo arigato, baby. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Can't say the sticks didn't teach you anything. That's right. <laughs> hey, Terminator, in German, what would you say when you're enjoying the misfortune of others? Bram. Schadenfreude, baby. Exactly. This is your last clue. Hey, Terminator, in Greek, what rhyming term would you use to describe the common people? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We might have to go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, for a hint. Oh, gee, the best I can do is it uh, both words rhyme with boy? Bram. Hoi polloi, baby. That's Very good. Right. Yeah. yeah. Puzzle John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Well, Bram, you'll be back in our final round at the end of the show. Congratulations. Don't sweat the technique. Let's meet our next two contestants, Jack Comstock. You're a dog walker, and I enjoyed this. You were on the TV show Bar Rescue. That's where a team fixes up a bar that's doing poorly, right? Yeah, uh, a nasty bar, and they try to make it, uh, you know, high-tech and and hip again. What did you do on Bar Rescue? Uh, I was on the recon team, so we were like fake customers going in to get the bar experience, (laughs) and I uh, threw up on that. (laughs) And, and this is called recon? <laughs> yeah. Was it from anxiety? You know, I can't handle my liquor very well, and <laughs> we had to try all the drinks, and there was one that... I can't drink lemonade, and this tasted like fermented lemonade, and I, I was, as soon as it touched my tongue, I knew that it was not going to stay there. That's, but you did it for television, didn't you? Yeah, they, yeah. Said, they said on the show that the uh, plastic container they stored it in, uh, the chemicals were poisoning it. And that's why I threw up. So I was like, yep. That's it. (laughs) Was this show, this was in America, this show? Yeah. Yeah, how thick was the uh, wad of papers you signed before? (laughs) I don't know. I don't remember signing it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Excellent. Your opponent is Katie Flanagan. You're an event coordinator and... I love that you write novels for fun. That is, a, that is an intense hobby, <laughs> writing novels for fun. Thank yes. you. Uh, what, what are they about? They are generally women's fiction, realist novels, kind of like Elizabeth Berg or Jody Pico. And, and how about getting them published? No, just for fun? Not right now. Just for me. Weird. <laughs> I mean, it is brilliant. It is brilliant because the thing that poisons novelists is the ambition. Indeed. Okay, so this game is called Go Fund Yourself. (laughs) There are a lot of crazy, surreal projects uh, posted on the crowdfunding website Kickstarter. So in this game, we are going to describe a project. You'll buzz in and tell me if it is real or something we made up. And be careful, because if you're wrong, your opponent gets the point automatically. All right. Woo-hoo, stakes are high. <laughs> Here we go. Meat soap. Soaps that smell like bacon and other meats. Oh, Katie. Real. Yes, that is real. <laughs> Must be fun to work at that factory, right? The meat soap factory. Just cutting up meat and making soap out of it. <laughs> like a dream come true. You smell great. Dogs run after you when you leave. <laughs> hamster gum. This is not hamstered flavored gum. 
This is gum for hamsters, and the flavors include raisin, pumpkin seed, and carrot. Jack? Not real. It is fake. You are correct. Yeah. yeah. No phone zero for people addicted to their smartphones. This is a black plastic brick, the size and shape of a mobile phone. It has no buttons, no features. It's just a useless black piece of plastic. Katie. Real? Yes, that is real. (laughs) Yeah, it's for people that are addicted to their smartphones, like methadone for their... Smart. <laughs> Methaphone. Methaphone. <laughs> I feel like this is not going to really help you with an addiction because the, the addiction is not to the size and shape of the thing <laughs> that is in your pocket. Right, it's a looking at the phone and hoping that someone's trying to interact with you. Yeah, exactly. Without a screen, it's not... I mean, you're just going to carry your phone also, I think, is what's going to happen. So now you have two phones. Now you got two. And you look super important. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the thing. Caddysburg, a historical reenactment of the Battle of Gettysburg, but with kittens playing the Union and Confederate soldiers. Jack. Real. Oh, too bad it's fake. It should be real. It should be. You know what? It will be. It will I'm be. I'm going to do this. I'm doing this. <laughs> Someone listening, please help us. <laughs> Hash key, an extra keyboard that you can plug into your computer. It only has one key. The hashtag. No need to press shift three anymore. Katie. Real? It is real. (laughs) It was unsuccessful, though. They went for $23,000, and they only got four. (laughs) What happens? We do agree, though. The hashtag really made a comeback. I mean the hash key, right? Yeah, After absolutely. After phones? Yeah. The and nobody used it for anything. Nothing. They used to call it the pound key. <laughs> Ridiculous. Idiots. Silly. <laughs> All right, this is your last clue. Fish on wheels. This is a fishbowl on wheels that automatically moves in the direction the fish is swimming. <laughs> Jack. Real. It is real. <laughs> Also unsuccessful, they wanted 40 grand, and they only got six. <laughs> People hate six fish. Six dollars? People six, no, six grand, no. six dollars. <laughs> That's still a surprise. <laughs> Let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. How did our contestants do? It was close, but Katie, you reached your goal, and we'll see you in our final round at the end of the show. <laughs> Coming up, Jonathan Colton will conduct a musical chemistry experiment, and it'll be a gas. And step aside, Bronte sisters, we've got the Duplass brothers. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. This podcast and the following message are made possible by Weebly. Now, you don't have to be a web designer or no code to create a fantastic website with Weebly, created for people with the courage to start their own business and the dream to be their own boss. Choose from professionally designed, mobile-friendly themes, then simply drag and drop to quickly build and publish your site. And update your site on any device. Get started for free at weebly.com ask. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash ask. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Chipotle. For 22 years, Chipotle has been committed to changing the norms of fast food by sourcing and serving real quality ingredients cooked with classic cooking techniques. But real food comes with real challenges. So when it comes to safety, rather than follow the norm, Chipotle's changing it again by adopting unprecedented new safety standards designed to put them well beyond current fast food norms, because they believe when it comes to food, higher norms should be the norm. (laughs) 
This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, here with our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, and our house musician, Jonathan Colton. Let's meet our next two contestants. Lindsay Pryor, you work in HR at a publishing company, but your goal in life is to eat in as many New York restaurants as possible. Yes, that's true. Now, is that a fancy way of saying you just don't want to cook? Um, Well, it is New York City, and my apartment is very small. Okay, right, yes. So what's one of the worst experiences you've had? Or just like top 200 bad? Top 200 bad. Um, you know, I really don't have one. New York is really pretty solid wow. with the food. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. And your opponent is Emily Mason, studying to be a nurse, claiming to have the perfect recipe for scrambled eggs. I do. I know. Maybe Lindsay would like to know this. Can you tell us what it is? Um, it's very simple. Okay. Instead of adding milk, you add water. What? Because eggs are proteins, and if you add more proteins, they bind together and they get really dense. If you add water, they get light and fluffy, because the water evaporates. Uh, <laughs> to like, be fair, I learned it from LL Cool J on Deep Blue Sea. Sure. So. We yeah. all get our knowledge yeah. from different yeah. places. <laughs> yeah. His hat is like a shark's fin, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so we've got a word game for you. In this game, the answer to each clue is a two-word phrase. The first word always starts with an S. Then you move the S to the end of the first word, and you get the second word. We're going to go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, for an example. If I said, I flash my pearly whites every time I travel a distance of 5,280 feet, you'd answer, smile miles. And the winner is going to move on to our final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Before heading out to fight vampires, Buffy always dresses appropriately for the weather with a t-shirt, hoodie, and a jacket. Emily. Slayer layers? Yeah! All right, let's give this one a shot. This boat is the same size as my pelvis. Emily. Ship hips. Ship Mm. hips. Yes. (laughs) Neptune is really harsh and grating when he wields his three-pronged spears. Emily. Strident tridents. Exactly. (laughs) How'd that feel? Uh, Pretty awesome, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Jackson Pollock used his signature painting technique when serving hors d'oeuvres to guests at dinner parties. Emily. Splatter platters. Yeah, you're on a roll. <laughs> Lindsay, there's still time. I we got, got your back. Yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> How about this one? The escargot needs to get a pedicure. Emily. Snails, nails. Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right, yeah. Yeah. You pluralize snails, but you know what? Okay. It's fine. Snail nails, we'll take it. This is your last clue. We're putting a lot of stress on these locomotives. Lindsay. Strain trains. Yes! (laughs) Puzzle guru John Chinesky. How did our contestants do? Well, they both got on the board, but Emily is going into the final round. Congratulations, Emily. Thanks. Listeners, if you are yelling out those answers, the bad news is I can't hear you. But the good news is you can apply to be a contestant on Ask Me Another. Just go to amatickets.org to find out how to take our contestant quiz. Let's meet our next two contestants, Jeffrey Hamilton. You work at a veterans hospital, and a lot of people have had memorable first dates with their now spouse. And you had an excellent memorable first date. What happened? I had a magnificent first date. It all went well, and it was time to offer up a kiss. (laughs) I leaned in. I have a little trouble with vertigo. I hit the ground. The nice thing is, is she said, oh, God, i got to follow you home. I can't believe I never thought of this. 
brilliant. It was like you were the damsel in distress in that case. Indeed. Your opponent is Andrew Kaufman. Andrew, you were working on a PhD in food science. Okay, so... That's right. Is there anything you can't eat anymore? Cheese. <laughs> Why? Oh, nothing to do with safety or anything. I just don't like it. <laughs> 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 it was a huge relief. So did you did you always hate cheese? Yeah. Oh, okay. So your PhD hasn't made you hate cheese more. Don't eat alfalfa sprouts. Why not? Yeah, you can't really clean them that well. Oh. Well, what's potentially on them? You don't want to know. Okay, got it. <laughs> They're so little. What could be on them? Like could, could be some cheese in there. You never know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Now, if you were an element on the periodic table, which one would you be and why, Jeff? Uh, tonight, I'd be Einsteinium. Oh. Yeah, there that's, you go. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Andrew, how about you? Um, I looked this up before I came up here. It's Praseodymium because I'm difficult to read. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so. I'd say so. So this game is a hot combo of late 1960s rock and roll and high school chemistry. We are going to go to Jonathan Colton for this. Yes, thank you. Contestants for this game, we have rewritten the Rolling Stones classic, Jumpin' Jack Flash, to be about gas, gas, gases. (laughs) (laughs) It's the original intent of the Rolling Stones was to write a song about actual gases and they never got around to it. Buzz in when you know which gas I am talking about, and the winner will move on to the final round. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. Here we go. I untied a balloon for it floated by. Breathed its gas, and my voice started getting high. Andrew. Helium. Helium. You got it. Don't want no cane. My dentist gives gas. Now it's alright. The pain is gonna pass. It's called laughing gas. Andrew. Nitrous oxide. Yes. Very nice. Have you ever had that? My, my daughter went to the dentist because she had like 40 cavities or something like that. <laughs> she actually had to get a filling. I felt terrible. She's 10 years old. She had to get a filling. Oh, what are you feeding her? Jeez. I don't know. But she had to go get a filling. She was really nervous about it, and they gave her the gas. And then uh, afterwards, she was like, that was fun. <laughs> and now she says, like, I hope I have cavities when I go back. <laughs> the First one's free. Yeah, First that's one's free. Right. That's how they get you. Noble gas that is used in fluorescent light And the place from which Superman took flight Jeffrey Krypton Krypton is correct When my lungs respire I'll breathe out this gas It'll help Plants for flowers and grass. It's a vital gas. Jeffrey. Carbon dioxide. Yeah, you got it. Andrew, I don't know if you cover this in food science. Should you breathe heavily on your plants to make them bloom and stuff? Go for it. (laughs) Spoken like a true scientist. (laughs) It hasn't helped my plants. (laughs) I like that you've tried it, clearly. Do what you feel. It's the first rule of science. (laughs) Here we go. Ask a cow how it makes natural gas galore. Eats its chow, throws it up, and it chews some more. And then pow, it starts belching from its core. This is how ruminants make CH4. 
Jeffrey. Methane. Methane is correct. In a cleanser, this will shine up your glass. And H3 is a hazardous gas in a caustic class. Andrew. Ammonia. Ammonia, yeah, that's right. This is your last clue. In the stratosphere, this layer of gas stops UV rays from hitting land mass. There's a hole, alas. Andrew. Ozone. Yep, that's right. John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Well, it was very close, but at the last minute, Andrew pulled it out. Congratulations, Andrew. You're going to the final round. And we have our next two contestants. Jessica Montana, you teach 10th and 11th grade algebra and geometry. Yeah. Nice. So what do you tell your students that they will be using that for later in life? Uh, I tell them it's for problem solving because they're, they're going to have to problem solve no matter what. So I try to spin like the most abstract things into like relevant things. Doesn't always work. <laughs> but you try. I like that. Yeah. I like that you're like, doesn't work, but you know, we keep going. Your opponent is Jonathan Chayin. You're in your first year residency as a physician? Yep, that's correct. So, um, Jonathan, what's the best part of your week? Anytime a patient says thank you or gives me a hug for what I've done. So. Jessica, what's the best part of your week? Uh, probably Friday night when I get to be one with my couch and my cat. And, yes. Yeah, knock it up. Does anyone ever say thank you for teaching me algebra and geometry? Um, today they did. What? Yeah, I was, I was shocked. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, were were they bribed? Was there some sort of money involved? Cupcakes? What was going on? They didn't say it to me. They said it to another teacher who told uh, me. So like, it was like, don't tell her I, I said this. No, but, no. Yeah, yeah. That's... Don't tell her I said this. But thank you. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Kids these days are weird. They're weird. So your game is called "You're the First, the Last, My Everything." which, of course, is a Barry White song, but putting things in alphabetical order. <laughs> I'm going to give you a category, and I want you to say what comes alphabetically first and what comes alphabetically last in that category. Let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. Give these fine people an example, please. If the category is days of the week, you'd answer first, Friday, and last, Wednesday. Each question is worth up to two points, one for the first item and one for the last. Your opponent can steal points if you don't get one of them. Here we go. Planets of the solar system. Jonathan. I'm going to say Earth is first. And then Venus. Yes, you're correct. Everyone's minds were like, there's no other planet, there's no other planet, there's no other planet, no other planet. That's right. That's right. Yes, you got it. The seven continents. <laughs> Jessica. Asia. Is. Oh, no. No. Oh. Africa. Is. Is first. Yes, and. And then South America. Yes. Last. Very Fantastic. Good, nice work. Okay. Bands in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Jonathan. I'm going to say the first one is ACDC. Last one, uh, Led Zeppelin. Okay, very good. (laughs) It's not that far in the alphabet. Yeah. (laughs) Those were good, but they are incorrect. Jessica, can you steal? I can do the last one. Okay, what's last? ZZ Top. How about first? Give me a first. Uh, my first guess was ACDC as well. All right, well, so, do you want to get a different uh, one? <laughs> sure. Since we know that's incorrect. That was incorrect. Um, mm, ABBA? Yes, you did it! 
accidentally correct, but correct nonetheless. All right, here we go. This one is going to really take some uh, intense knowledge. First names of Kris Jenner's daughters on Keeping Up with the Kardashians in alphabetical order. Jonathan. Chloe and is the first. And the last one is Kylie. You got the last. Jessica, can you give me the first? Yep, sure. <laughs> the, the first one is Kendall. Yes, that's right. You guys both split the points on that one. And just so you know, it's Kendall, Chloe, Kim, Courtney, Kylie. Last names of Canadian prime ministers. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Last names of American presidents. Jonathan. First is Adams. Last is Washington. You got the first one. Jessica, can you steal for the last? Jessica. Last one is Wilson? Yes! <laughs> Now, if we would have done Canadian Prime Ministers, could have either of you... Uh... I know Harper. Harper? That's all. So just in the middle? Just a name in the yeah. middle? <laughs> it would have been, just so you know, Abbott, and then most people would go Trudeau, but it's actually Turner, but he was only in for 79 days, and so sometimes you forget. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> Is that cute? They're like your presidents. <laughs> all right. You've done it. Your last clue... The first names of the friends on Friends. Jonathan. Uh, first is Chandler. And last is Phoebe. So you got the first I, one right. I guess I got that one right. Jessica. Last one is Ross. Yes. All right. You split the point on that one, too. It's an incredible group effort. Puzzleguru John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Well, you guys made quite a team together, actually, but Jonathan, you came in first that time. You'll be at our final round. Thank you. We are going to be at C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, on March 18th, and the Bob Carr Theater in Orlando, Florida, on March 30th. Just go to amatickets.org. Coming up, two Duplass brothers enter, but only one will leave. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. How aggressively to pay down your student loans? LearnVest can help with that. If you want to know how much you should put aside for saving or contribute to your retirement account, yep, they're on it. They'll create a custom financial plan, plus they'll pair you with a financial planner to help you keep on track. To see a sample plan and get a $50 credit, go to learnvest.com another. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. Now, if you are looking for more podcasts in your ear holes right now, you should check out How to Do Everything. It's a survival guide for all of life's trials and tribulations like bear attacks or romantic conundrums or the conundrum of a romantic bear attack. There's a chance you'll find it helpful, indeed. But you will definitely enjoy hearing about other people's problems. So find it now at mpr.org slash podcasts and on your NPR One app. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Now, please welcome our VIPs. You know them from their work on Transparent, The League, and HBO's Togetherness. They've also made a million indie movies together. It's Mark and Jay Duplass. Hi, guys. 
Now, you two have been making movies together since you were six and nine? Was I don't movie? know if I'd call it a movie. There was some footage that played that in a row. Okay. It was not an entertaining uh, viewing experience, if you're a, interested. A lot of um, filmmakers' uh, films from their younger days are prophetic of future genius. Ours was not. No? What was the uh, content? The first one was The Invisible Man walking across the room where we would move the shoes one foot in front of the other and film them a couple of seconds at a time and blow people's minds. Yes. Um, the second one was a remake of The Blob where our blue beanbag just rolled down the stairs. Yeah. It's just so nice hearing the two of you talk like this because I love my family. I would never want to work with them. So what happens in the family when you two fight? We don't fight a lot, and we have actually talked about it. We wonder if maybe we should fight more. We've talked about going to therapy so that we do fight more. So try some yelling and screaming. We're worried that maybe we're repressing some stuff and that like, when we wake up when we're 60 and we're like at the Cannes Film Festival, one of us might just pull out a gun and kill the other one. <laughs> we're just going to have to see. Your breakout movie was a short film called This Is John, about a man trying to leave the perfect outgoing message on his answering machine. Really, just any, any message. Any message. Any yeah. message. We had tried to be the Coen brothers in the early 90s, but we failed miserably because they're the Coen brothers. They're really good at it, too. Super, it's a whole other problem. Super good at being the yeah. Coen brothers. Um, we were kind of ready to throw in the towel. I was, like, pushing 30 and was like, I got to stop torturing myself and our family with this artist thing. And so Mark was like, well, let's just make a movie today. So we took a home video camera, and the story we came up with was something that had happened to me the day before, which was I was trying to record the greeting of my answering machine, and I failed, and I had a nervous breakdown and was crying on the floor. Uh, thank you very much. It's Appreciate the little things, the guys. It's the little things. And um, Mark went out the door and I rolled the camera and we shot it in one take and it was a $3 movie that got into Sundance and did more for our careers than the previous 10 years of trying to be the Coen brothers. <laughs> and now, as you can see, we own blazers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they both this have is how it happens, guys. Both of you are wearing Deal very with it. smart blazers. Those are more than $3, I can tell. What was we, the, we don't even have to buy these blazers. People give us blazers, Pete. It's insane. Yep. Jay, what was the three dollars for? What was? You had to buy a tape at Seven Eleven. Nice. And I literally, I went to Seven Eleven, bought the tape. Has anyone said, "All right, you're, you've done this three dollar film in the past that was highly acclaimed short film of Sundance. I'm going to give you three dollars now. What can you do?" You know, what did happen, which was interesting, is, and this is a little insight into the way that Hollywood works as a machine, it was, if these guys made this movie that got into Sundance for $3, if we give them $3,000, the movie could be a thousand times as good. <laughs> but you have some, I mean, you have two projects right now with HBO Togetherness. Uh, and also the upcoming animated series, Animals. Now, Mark, you star in Togetherness. Is there more pressure on you when you are acting on a project that you created? Because you've also done tons of other television film, or when you're on a project that someone else created and, and has given you the script for? Yeah, I mean, when, you, when I'm on a show like the show The League that I did, that was like a zero way. Yeah, I was waiting for that. I even put a little pause in there, if you guys noticed. <laughs> Uh, there's zero pressure on that kind of a show because it's like it's trying to come up with the most intelligent version of the fart joke you can come up with in that moment. Um, togetherness is inherently more stressful. I mean, the way Jay and I have always talked about it is, you know, when we are writing and directing and producing and sometimes acting one of our things, it really is like being a parent. It's is nothing more rewarding, but nothing more exhausting. And when we are acting in other shows that aren't our own, it's like being the drunk uncle who shows up with Oreos, plays with the children, and then goes home and lets them deal with everything. And it's very nice to have that dichotomy. Which you are enjoying right now, Jay, uh, on the show Transparent. Yeah. Major role as Josh, the A lot of people have seen son. me naked in here, it sounds like. <laughs> okay. Now, cool. Were you, 
we're used to having you behind the camera, and now you're in front of the camera, and you yeah. are getting just huge uh, kudos and acclaim by everyone saying how great you Did you give him any uh, acting tips, Mark? I said, um, acting <laughs> is very fun, <laughs> and you should do this. Because when I go act on other projects, it's like I'm having an affair on our little marriage together, and I get to feel sassy and bad and, and, and do my own thing and just be me in a way that I, you can't always be when someone knows you so well. <laughs> and has that been your experience, Jay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is really fun to act. I'm a little pissed at Mark for not telling me this 10 years ago. <laughs> um, but it's really fun, and it, I mean, I'm lucky to be on such a great show. So you're on record as saying that even though you were both born in the 70s, as kids, you should have been obsessed with Star Wars like all of your friends, but you were not. You were obsessed with hard-hitting relationship dramas like Ordinary People. <laughs> is that true, Jay? That is correct. Really? <laughs> That's what you guys watched together as brothers? Well, it was ordinary people, um, but sometimes we would roll into some lighter fare like Sophie's Choice. Um, Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer versus Kramer. I was always good for a guffaw or two. <laughs> that's what they were programming on HBO, and that's just what Fantastic. we watched. Yeah. And for better or for worse, it shaped us. <laughs> like our 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 die was cast. So we thought we'd test your knowledge of those movies, specifically Academy Award Best Picture nominees. Oh, this is great. From 1976 to 1985. Wonderful. That gentle little period right there. Lord. So Jonathan Colt and I are going to do some very dramatic readings from these films, and all you have to do is tell us the title, and the winner will receive an MFA from NYU Film School. <laughs> it's, a, it's about fucking time. <laughs> and, of course, an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? Oh, uh, yeah. Here we go. Can you remember no melody of mine? I was the most famous composer in Europe. I wrote 40 operas alone. Here, here. How about this one? Yes, I know that. Oh, that's charming. I'm sorry. I didn't know you wrote that. I didn't. That was Mozart. Mm, it went off the in a name of place. the film Mark. is Amadeus. Correct. Starring F. Murray Abraham <laughs> as Salieri. And yes. Well done. In this one, Colton and I are an old married couple. You want to know why I came back so fast? I got to the end of our lane. I couldn't remember where the old town road was. There was nothing familiar. Not one damn tree. It scared me half to death. That's why I came running back here to you, so I could see your pretty face. I could feel safe. I was still me. Listen to me, mister. You're my knight in shining armor. Don't you forget that. You're going to get back up on that horse, and I'm going to be right behind you, holding on tight, and away we're going to go, go, go. <laughs> Jay. On Golden Pond. Yes. Featuring, by the way, Dabney Coleman, one of many insensitive male counterpart supporting actor roles from 1975 to 1982. <laughs> yeah. Quite a few he did in there. It Not was least of which is Tootsie. Yes. All right. oh. And all of it was really foreplay for 9 to 5. That's right. He was just <laughs> leading up to it. Now, just to mix things up in this one, I'm going to be a little boy named Billy. <laughs> and Ophira is going to be my dad. Hold it right there. You put that ice cream in your mouth, and you are in very, very, very big trouble. Ow, you're hurting me! Ow, don't kick me! I hate you! I want my mommy! I'm all you got. Mark buzzed in. The title of the film and the biggest missed chance for a Seinfeld spinoff, <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. Okay, in this one, Jonathan and I are not married, but there's clearly some sort of sexual tension. I should tell you, this kind of coat doesn't have any buttons. See? Hooks and eyes. Something wrong with buttons. Buttons are proud and vain. It's not plain. Got anything against zippers? You making fun of me? Oh, we got gotcha. you! Ooh. Ooh, they looked at each other like exactly at the same time. That was eerie. Can we guess? Let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, for a hint. Uh, her people don't use coats with buttons. 
It's not really much of a hint. Yeah. Her Pennsylvania people don't wear coats with buttons. If you, if you got it, you go for it. Witness? Okay. Yes, witness yes. is correct. Oh, her people, yes. Yeah. This is your final one, and mm. we are going to need puzzle guru John Chinesky's help for this one. He is going to be playing a little boy named Alvy. Mm. I'm his mom, and Jonathan Colton is his doctor. Why are you depressed, Alvy? Tell Dr. Flicker. The universe is expanding. The universe is expanding? Well, the universe is everything, and if it's expanding, someday it will break apart, and that will be the end of everything. What is that your business? He stopped doing his homework. What's the point? What has the universe got to do with it? You're here in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is not expanding. Mark. Great accents, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, very well done. Annie Hall, 1977, sweeping the awards. Woody Allen not there to receive because he is playing in his jazz band on Monday nights. Mark, you're all about the value add. I really like to show up. I want people to like me more than Jay. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. I'm going for the sweet, silent type. (laughs) It's clearly working. I'm breaking down over here. Hey, Puzzle Guru John Chinesky, how did the brothers do? Well, Mark, I think people are going to like you because you won that game. Congratulations. Oh, you God. win the Rubik's Cube. Oh, my God. Let's have a huge hand for Jay and Mark. Thank you, guys. Now we're going to crown this week's big winner. Let's bring back Bram, Katie, Emily, Andrew, and Jonathan. They're going to play our final round, and I'm going to hand it over to puzzle guru John Chinesky. Take it away. Thank you. This final round is called Everyday Portmanteaus. Every answer is a portmanteau. That's a word created when two words and their meanings are combined. For example, if I said... This weekend meal is often served with mimosas. You'd say brunch. That's breakfast and lunch. We're playing this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give us that answer. The last person standing is our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and an autographed copy of Season 1 of Togetherness, autographed by Jay and Mark Duplass, and including two tiny, obscene stick-figure self-portraits. Here we go. Bram. Why use two eating utensils when one can fulfill your scooping and spearing needs? Spork. Spork's right. Katie. Matt and Ben, George and Brad, and Justin and Jimmy have this kind of platonic relationship. Bromance. Bromance, yes. Emily. Long advertisements shown on late night or early morning TV. Infomercial. That's correct. Andrew, back in my day, we didn't have tiny little pictures in our texts. We had to make a smiley face using a colon and a parenthesis. Three seconds. Oh, let's see if let's see if Jonathan knows it. Jonathan, you know the answer to that. Emoticon. Emoticon is right. Thank you, Andrew. Back to Bram. When you're famished and ticked off about it. Hangry? Hangry is right. Katie. A sort of online diary made up of written posts appearing in chronological order. Blog. Blog is right. Emily. Women's tennis players often wear this garment, which combines the feminine look of one piece of clothing with the practicality of another. A skort? A skort is right. Jonathan, the nickname for the underwater passage connecting England to France. The channel. Channel is correct. Bram, workers who are entering an area with airborne toxins will wear this full body suit. Three seconds. Moon man, I don't know. No, well, let's see if Katie knows. Katie? Hazmat? That is correct. Hazmat for hazardous materials. Thank you, Bram. We're down to three. Emily. 
A vegan who wants the look of animal skin with none of the guilt might wear shoes made out of this material. Pleather. That's correct, pleather. Jonathan, ambitious Thanksgiving cooks serve this triple poultry dish. Turducken. Turducken is right. Katie, pants that combine the effortless cool of denim with the stretchiness of lycra. Jeggings. Jeggings, yes. Emily, a crossbreed dog that combines the most popular dog breed in America with a breed sporting a low-shedding fluffy coat. A pit bull? Not a pit bull. Let's see if Jonathan knows the answer. Labradoodle? Labradoodle is correct. Thank you, Emily. And now we're down to Katie and Jonathan. Katie, this atmospheric condition is common in cities with air pollution. Smog. That's right. We are down to the tiebreaker question. Each of you grab a uh, buzzer, please. An acquaintance you're in a love-hate relationship with. Jonathan. Frenemy. Frenemy is correct. Congratulations, Jonathan. Congratulations, Jonathan. You're our Ask Me Another big winner. Enjoy your prize. That's our show. Thank you so much for playing. Check out our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, and you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another. And come see us live or be a contestant. Just go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is John Chinesky. Hey, my name anagrams to Oh Heck Ninjas. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Eric Feinstein, Carol Lee, Danielle Thompson, and senior writers Kyle Beakley, Karen Lurie, and Dan Schofield. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzif, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Lena Mazitzis, Mini Ziti Lass, Denny Shin, and our intern Alejandra Vasquez, along with Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Rick Kwan, and Jeff O'Neill. Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, it's Puzzle Guru Art Chung here. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you like Ask Me Another, do me a favor and rate us on iTunes. Or better yet, give us a review. Those ratings help other people find the show, which helps us keep doing the show. Thanks. When he moved to America, a teenage Asif Manvi found that he had an uncanny resemblance to the king of pop. I was 120 pounds at the time, and both Michael and I looked like an Indian girl. From Michael Jackson impersonator to Daily Show correspondent, Asif Manvi moonwalks on the next Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia.